I think it's appropriate on this day that we read Luke chapter 2, um, the first 20 verses. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling or in in, uh, cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds and said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Christmas story from Luke 2. Yesterday we read from John 1 and John 3, and so now I'm just going to read as our text probably the uh, most well-known verse in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I hear that uh, quite often there's a group of people from here, uh, often young people, that go to Mexico. And so imagine me uh, wanting to give you a present. And so I give you a, um, uh, you know, a, a book and some CDs so that you can learn to speak Spanish. And so you, uh, you profusely thank me for this gift. But the next day, I notice that you take the CDs of this gift that I have given, and you're playing Frisbee with them. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. I'm, I, I gave you this gift so that you would learn Spanish. Yeah, but we're having fun with it. And isn't that what the most important thing is, just to have fun with things? And so we sometimes misuse the gifts that we have received. Gift giving is, is kind of an, an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Sometimes we get gifts that, well, yeah, we get a shirt or a tie or something that we really, yeah, we don't like that much. Apparently, the rule of thumb is that you should keep it at least for three months before you bring it to the thrift store. And probably you ought not to give it to a local thrift store, but try to uh, give it to a thrift store some distance away so that the giver will not see it again. Giving of gifts. That certainly seems to be at the heart of our Christmas celebrations today. And I realize that we can go overboard on this whole matter of gift giving. And and we can criticize it. But yet, at the very heart of the Christmas story is, of course, the gift of God. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And so that's what I'd like to focus on this morning for just a little bit. And when we look at that verse, there are two, two persons that I want to focus on. First of all, there is the giver, and secondly, there is the recipient. So clearly, God is the one who gave, and those who believe on his name, those who believe are the recipients. There are the givers and there are the recipients. And so when we give our gifts, we try, at least if it's done well, we try to think, what what could the person use? Oh, these people are going to to, to Mexico. Maybe maybe they should learn Spanish or or This person likes to play music, and so maybe a musical instrument. So so we we think through what is it that the person really wants, that the person really needs. Um, Nowadays, of course, uh, many people just give gift certificates and and so kind of get get away with it, do do it in in a very easy manner. But even there, you have to do at least a little bit of thinking. I mean, if you give a Starbucks... uh, uh, gift certificate to someone who doesn't drink coffee while well, you really haven't thought through uh, through the process. And so as, as a giver, uh, 
You think through what you would like, how you would want to bless the other person. Then, of course, as a recipient, you, well, as a young person, you are already told at a very, very young age to be very, very thankful for the gift, even though you might not be all that thankful. If grandma knits you a, an undershirt, for example, and it's wool, and, um, well, you, you, you say thank you to your grandmother uh, for, for the gift, but you might put it into your drawer in, in your, uh, your dresser, and you may not, it may not see the light of day. Yesterday, I... Um, we had some gifts with my grandchildren, and my four-year-old uh, opened the gift that I had given. I don't like that, Grandpa. And so, um, so somewhere along the line, uh, and I thought it was, a, it was a little pickup truck with a horse trailer and everything. I, I thought it was a great little gift. But anyway, somewhere, somewhere along the line, there was a disconnect. Either as the giver, I, didn't, I, I don't know my grandson well enough, or he has a lot to learn in terms of manners and so forth. So, <laughs> there, um, there is, in terms of the giver and the, receive, and, and the receiver, receiver. So, if we want to be a good receiver, a good recipient, then, of course, we use the gifts. We l- use it to learn Spanish. We use it, we, we, we put on the, the undershirt that Grandma uh, made. We play with the gifts that we have been given. On this Christmas day, then, we look at John three sixteen. God gave. And so if we try to think through what, what in the world people need, then certainly God would have thought through what is it really that the people, my people, because he says here, he so loved the world. And so he thought, and if I can put it in that way, he thought through what is it? What is it that these people really, really need? And then he comes and he gives the gift. A baby wrapped, as the old translation goes, in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know, I think I would, at surface level, question God. I mean, think of all the babies born in this world in rather poor circumstances. Mary being not quite single, but single. Uh, She was betrothed to Joseph, we read in Luke chapter 2. In those very humble circumstances. And we would, God, you know, we have enough babies in this world. We have enough mouths to feed. We have enough people in humble circumstances. I don't know exactly what you are doing here in, in giving one more, especially in these circumstances. And yet, this being God, of course, this being the giver par excellence, we need to then, okay, maybe maybe I as a recipient have to go a little deeper in terms of simply trying to understand. And certainly then at the surface, we this is a gift that is easily bypassed. 
And there are many who bypass it. But it, it's very important for us then as a recipient to stand back and say, okay, why? Why would God have given us this baby, this child? Well, God must know something that we do not know very readily. Sometimes we think that what this world needs is more information. And if God would have thought that we would need more information, he would have sent an educator par excellence. But he didn't. And we do live in a world where often, if, you, if, you, if there's problem, problems, well, we need to educate better. And of course, education is extremely important. It's very important. But God did not say that what this world really needs is more information, or what this world really needs is an educator. Sometimes we think that the world needs more technology. How many of us haven't heard the statement, um, you know, if we can send a man to the moon, we certainly could be, should be able to solve all the problems um, in the world. And so if, 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 if God would have thought that that's what we need, he would have sent a scientist, or we, he would have sent an engineer. Sometimes we think that what the world really needs is wealth. You know, if, you know, poverty and hunger, and these are blights on our society. Don't, don't get me wrong. But God knows that if he would have given us a, a, you know, an astute financial planner or, or somebody that combines the wealth of a Bill Gates and the Pickens and, and all the, the world's richest people and then spread the, the wealth around. We know, we know that this would not solve problems. We look at the lives of the rich and famous. Are they, are they living um, lives that have no problems? Well, we certainly know that is not the case. Sometimes we may think that what this world needs is, is pleasure. How many of us haven't heard the statement, as long as you're happy, that's what's most important in life. And so God would have then sent us an entertainer, someone who would put a smile on our face, someone who would make us laugh, but again, we know that, you know, what puts a smile on our face, one generation would not the next generation. So that's not going to solve the world's issues either. Sometimes we think that what the world really needs is, is better health. And so God should have sent us a, a doctor or, or doctors in research and were able to solve the, the riddle of cancer, the riddle of diabetes, or the riddle of all of these, all of these, these horrendous diseases that, 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 that people have to live with. If only, but again, God knows that if, if he would have sent that gift, that that too wouldn't have really solved our basic problems. Sometimes we get kind of mixed up and, and we, need, we need a counselor. And so God should maybe send a counselor. How many times, again, you read advice columns and, well, you should go for counseling. And again, I have offered counseling. And, and counseling is very, very important. But we realize 
that if we don't have the wherewithal to follow through, that that, that too is not going to, uh, to, to solve things. And finally, we might say, you know what this world needs is a better ruler, is a better someone, a, a better government. And here again, here again, we realize that even with the best government, that is not going to totally, totally solve, solve the issues. And so, with all these things that we might say to God, God, you should have sent us a sign. God, you should have sent us a doctor. God, you should have done. If you would so love the world, that's what you should have done. That's, those are the ones you should have given. But God knows. God knows. The giver knows that the greatest need we have is reconciliation. Reconciliation with with our Heavenly Father through forgiveness, through new life. The greatest need for our lives is that we have eternal life. Eternal life now and thus forevermore. And then when you think about that, then in a sense all these other things will be added unto us. That if we realize that that this life that if, if you study, for just a quick example, if, if you study um, history and, and you study the, the, the effects of, of the Reformation even on government and on, on democracy and how a tremendous blessing that has been and how scientists are able to work with, with a world that, that has cause and effect and is, is, you're not going to have a, an experiment one day where it works and the next day it doesn't know. There, there's consistency there because we know of a, of, of a God who has created this world in this way. And so all these other things. So God knows what we really need. And so therefore... Therefore, he sent us his son, Jesus. So God gave that gift to us. But it must be admitted that it comes to us in a very surprising package. The baby Jesus. In the person of Jesus. Constantly, constantly he is stumping people. I mean, even up to the ver- almost to the very end of his life here on earth, on, on Palm Sunday, people were throwing down their jackets and they were, and he is coming now to establish his kingdom. But it doesn't turn out that way. And so they were so embittered, they were so angry that they crucified him. They put him on a cross. And so, this is the gift that God gives. Yes, in a very surprising package. But yet, congregation, and I hope you, I hope you capture this. You see, he heightens your responsibility and my responsibility. We sometimes are looking for a doctor who's going to solve our problems. We're looking for uh, an engineer or scientist who's going to solve the problems. But God gives us a giver, gives us a child that involves your actions, your belief, your decisions. We live in a world where, where the emphasis is on power, The emphasis is on winning. The emphasis is on getting ahead. What is Jesus 
offer. Jesus offers, he is, becomes vulnerable, a baby, wrapped in cloths. He suffers. He sacrifices. And so he introduces a whole new way of life. It's a way of life in kindness, in forgiveness, in allowing ourselves to be victimized for the sake of another, in love, in sacrifice, in dedication. In many ways, these are becoming like foreign entities. These are Again, who wants to be sacrificial? Who wants to give his life for another person? But this, this is what Jesus introduces. And so as recipients, if we're going to receive this gift, we have to recognize what this gift is really all about. You realize, of course, how you would honor me by the gift of these Spanish lessons. You come up to me and, buenos dias. ¿Y qué pasa un buen día? In other words, you learn the language. And so we are called to learn the language of, of, of Jesus. Wrapped in these, in these cloths the language of love, the language of sacrifice, the language of forgiveness. That's how, if I may use the, you know, the term, that's how we play with Jesus. That we come to him in, in, in prayer and we ask him how to send his spirit in our lives that we may be led and, and walk in the light as we, we talked about yesterday. He wants, he wants to be shared. He wants us to talk to our children and grandchildren and loved ones and neighbors about, about this Jesus. He wants to instruct us. He is not the, you know, he's not the educator, but he certainly educates. He certainly teaches. And he wants to be embraced. He wants to be worshipped as we are doing this day and each Sunday again. And so we, we honor. We honor the giver by recognizing what the gift is all about. You then take your grandmother's knitted undershirt and you wear it because that, that is the purpose of the gift. That is the love with which she gave it to you. And so this is... This is the gift. This is the gift that God has given. The giver. He so loved the world. He knew what he was doing. And as such, we, we as the recipients, we are the ones who believe in his name. And that's not just simply an intellectual assent. But each day again, we unwrap that gift in terms of recognizing what it's all about. And so, do you really appreciate the gift that God has given you? Well, that's going to become obvious in the days and weeks and years that lie ahead. Whether you have truly received Christ, the newborn King.
let it become evident in the way we think, in the way we play, in the way we worship, in the way we give, that we have truly received this precious gift, this gift that God has provided. He so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, Jesus. Blessed Christmas to you all. Amen.